It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! I am live on a cloudy and cold. Tuesday morning, welcome on in to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I am your host, Adam the Bull, and as you can see, I am all alone. What has happened today? We got Mikey McNuggets and Jay out at Town Hall for a big event today. We'll send it to them in a minute. G. Bush left his phone somewhere, and so he's late. Tyvis, who's always early, driving, even though he drives in the furthest from Columbus, It was a major wreck or something on the highway, so he's late. This is wild. So G and Tyvis will do it. So Earl mentioned mentioned my old intro from from radio, and I said, I got to do that today. So there you go. Uh, Right now, listen, we got a lot to do. Aditi Kikabwala of CBS and the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Mary Kay Cabot live from Town Hall, and hopefully – some Browns players will see. It's a free-flowing thing today, as you can tell. But right now, let's head out to Town Hall in downtown Cleveland, bringing Jay Crawford and potentially Mikey McNuggets as well. Jay, what's going on? Well, it's great to be with you. Are you getting the message? I think I think people are <laughs> – they don't want to spend time with you today. That's it? I'm all alone here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with Tyvis. You're right. Tyvis is always early. We literally got a text from him in the 8 o'clock hour this morning saying, I don't know what's going on in Columbus, but there's massive traffic backups. I think there was a pretty bad accident, so he's going to be late. Uh, We are, as you said, at Town Hall. And if you're not familiar with the event that's going on, it's always the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It's called 
Feed the Need. This is the 11th annual event, and here's what they do. For anybody that's eaten at Town Hall, you know it's one of the nicer restaurants in the Cleveland area. It's in Ohio City. They have terrific food, a great menu, a great atmosphere. But on this day every year, they close their doors to the general public, and they open them to the needy. And here's here's the way this works. They will today, and there is probably in the range of 100 or so volunteers that are already here. They'll trickle in more throughout the day. A lot of them will be Cleveland Browns players. In the past, Joe Thomas, Bernie Kosar, Miles Garrett, there's a long list of Browns players that are active on this Browns team that will volunteer their time on Tuesday, which as you know, Bull, and everybody in the audience probably knows, it's their off day. And they're spending their off day before Thanksgiving to come here and to feed the needy. And here's the way this works. They're going to they're gonna dish out over 4,000 meals. And it's possible that that number could go even higher because we've been talking to a lot of the folks in the Cleveland Food Bank in the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. They tell us that the need this year actually exceeds what it was in the pandemic, which is stunning to me because during the pandemic, so many people were out of work. They didn't have the money to buy all of the fixings for Thanksgiving dinner. And the need during the pandemic years was absolutely through the roof. We're told that it could actually exceed that right now. Obviously, the economy is not great. Inflation is high. And there is a need for a free, healthy meal. And this it's all the fixings, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, all of the sides that you would think of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. And they're here the Browns players uh, to help feed the needy and we'll be here throughout the program talking to some of the Browns players that will be here. Also, this is the 11th annual here in total. They've served over 40,000 free meals here in the 10 years preceding yesterday. They had the third annual town hall feed the need in Columbus. They've built a second restaurant there. Bobby George is the owner He's a very kind and gracious man and believes in giving back to the community, and that's why he does this. So before we come back, we'll come back later as we get players to, to talk to about both this event and the Brown season. But before we do that, a quick video clip as to exactly what this is and why this day is so important. <laughs> Unite the leaders of the city to help feed the less fortunate. Town Hall's mission is the same as my life's mission, is to love and serve. It happens to be my favorite day of the year. We need it so bad with people today who are hungry, who are jobless, and there are so many people in this community today that need our help. I'm grateful for all the people at Town Hall who were able to work with me today and doing things like this is wonderful for you know, the kind of unity we're trying to, to have amongst each other. Definitely a great time to see family, a great time to give back and just be thankful for everything you have. Tell Hall just how much of a friendship I've gotten to build with Bobby. Just being able to come here, eat dinner, just have a good time all the time. And it's been very, very peaceful, very, very exciting. I hope that this event is able to just inspire other people to be able to give back in their communities, whether it's here in Columbus or you know across the nation. A lot of times people think of holidays as these cheerful. Uh, days and, and, and time of year where we get together with our family and we eat and we you know share gifts and presents 
But for a lot of people, uh, this is the saddest time of year. Uh, people who don't have anything, people who don't have any family, uh, people who might not be receiving anything. We all have the ability to uh, help others. If we're alive and we're watching this, we have the ability to put a smile on someone's face and help others. great day it really is and it's a great day to help those that are in need and not as fortunate in our community i can tell you that as i was coming in there were uh buses lined up that are coming from northeast ohio shelters uh that both house and feed the needy so on this day when it's not great weather out if you've been outside you know that it's cold it's rainy perhaps the people that most need these services can't get here but uh, Bobby George and the folks at Town Hall have uh, arranged for transport from all of these area shelters to make sure that those that need to eat get here for this day so they can celebrate and uh, and have a good meal. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. I've, I've done this every year since I've been home. The energy in this restaurant is palpable. You can feel it. And uh, it's, there's a lot of good things going on. As I Looking at the door, Bernie Kosar just walked in. Nice. So Bernie will be here to shovel out mashed potatoes and, and turkey and everything else. And again, it's just a great event. And we'll be coming to you live throughout the two hours. But uh, now I know it's time to talk Browns football and no one better to do that than you, Bull. Thanks, Jay. Uh, yeah, obviously a great cause, the <clears throat> food bank. And look who's here. G made it. Tyvis made it. Yeah, man. You yeah. guys just boom, are, are teleported. They both <laughs> yeah, ran in say, boom. at like 11.02, and here we go. So, yeah, there is a lot to get to. We're going to bring in Aditi uh, in, in just a couple minutes. But first, let's go to Anthony for the first time in for Mike. Hello, everybody. Go ahead. Anthony. I want to remind you all today that you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is absolutely no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, where there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, Tyvis, you weren't here yesterday, so I'm just, I want to start with you. Do you want to make an argument or no for Joe Flacco eventually becoming the starter, or do you think the Browns should start with stick with DTR? Uh, I think that right now you should ride with DTR, but, you know, it was kind of like what we talked about last week, you know, get him ready to go, get Joe right. Flacco ramped up and ready to go because you never know. And obviously last year he showed that he still had some experience. He could still get things done. Obviously when we lost to him in the Jets game, he mm -hmm. made some throws in that game that was pretty incredible. But right now I ride the DTR wave right now because um, you, you got to get him ready at some point. Let him get these live reps, and, you know, once the season comes down to it at the end, if he starts to struggle a little bit, then, yeah, you might want to replace him with Joe Flacco. But right now, just ride the DTR wave. Gee, you feel the same way? Same as yesterday? Um, or no? You before I even get to this, if you, yeah. if you guys hear me clear my throat, let me clear my throat. I hope you don't mind. By the way, you hear it. Yeah. It's, it's it, you know, my vocal cords be bleeding sometimes. So 
you, you know, uh, yeah, that's what you you, you hear. That's just that's, that's just from over you. So you know why? Because you didn't bring my jerk chicken. That's why. Oh, <laughs> you see that right there. You Boo, have yeah. leftovers? No. Gave <laughs> it all away. After oh. he literally said. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about I, it. I didn't, I didn't, it was Mike that said he was. Didn't yeah, even yeah. think to bring it. I, listen, we're going to have to set it up where we get my man on Omari. And I want to do it where he bring. I want to do it bring where it he here? brings it here. Yeah. I want I wanted him to cook it somewhere and what's bring his, it here. What is his ethnicity? Don't they have a kitchen upstairs in, yeah. in one of the studios? What is, what's his ethnicity? He's, he's, he's Indian. Okay. Like, like Indian from India. Okay. His mom is Indian and his dad is uh, Jamaican. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so he's, making, so, he legit. he's like the spice. He's yeah. the spice guy. Yeah, yeah. this is legit. He it was just, really good. It was crazy. Must be nice. But yeah. uh, um, no, we, I think we were talking about uh, quarterback with the uh, situation. Yeah. So don't. I remember going back a couple years ago. Remember, um, I, I want to say this either 2000. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, 11 or 12, they, <laughs> had, they uh, had Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon had got hurt. and Wasn't they- 11. It was definitely later than that. Later than that? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was the year Brandon Whedon was here. Yeah. It was like it was like in his second year, um, and Brian Hoyer comes in, right? Right. And Brian Hoyer for I guess five or six games is like lighting it up. They have a, a Thursday night game against the Buffalo Bills, and Brian Hoyer tears his ACL. Yeah. So now <laughs> you got Wheaton, who you you moved on from. Then you got uh, Brian Hoyer, who was playing well, and you was like, oh, we was excited. He gets injured. So now they're down to the third quarterback. Long, long story short is, you know, Mike Patton had, it was started off very well in that, during those those few games. Um, it looked like the Browns was going to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they fell apart because the guy that gave him the spark plug wasn't there anymore. So I look at this thing with DTR. Look, give him his opportunity to keep moving the chains. Give him an opportunity to keep getting better every, every, every single um, game. And if he can do that, you just leave him in and rock with it. But you always know – that if he plays, he's playing in a game that he's playing terrible, and you gotta win it. And you think Joe Flacco gives you the best chance to win on a couple drives or the, in a game? Joe Flacco has an experience level to do it, so right. I, I think it's the best of both worlds. All right, guys, we're gonna bring in Aditi in just a second. I will just say this as we bring her in: if this were three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, <laughs> if it was even last year, I'd say it doesn't matter. The Browns can't win anything anyway. But because defense, the pendulum has swung so far towards defense, and the Browns, in my opinion, have the only defense. So there's a line, I think, where like, okay, can you win? If your defense sucks, you got to have a great quarterback. If your defense not very good, you got to have a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it balances that way. Mm-hmm. I don't. I generally don't think you could win with even an average quarterback in the past. I think you can this year. The Browns may have to try to prove that they can win with a below average quarterback because right now that's what they have. Mm-hmm. I think their only hope of reaching average, in my opinion, is DTR 
at his promise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Joe Flacco at this point is even an average quarterback. Yeah. So what's the point? I think with DTR, there's a chance that as you go a few weeks, he can reach that average mark. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking him to be great. I'm asking him to be solid, to average. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the reason that they brought Joe Flacco in this week opposed yeah. to last week is because Deshaun Watson's getting surgery, I think, today. So he won't. Yeah, they be, want that veteran. Yeah, he won't be on the sideline. Obviously, right. I listened to post game and DTR was talking about. He said, "When I came off the field in the second half, Deshaun would be standing there. He'd be like, bro, smile. Yeah, like, yeah no yeah. matter what, smile, enjoy the game." And he yeah. said, "I needed to hear stuff like that." And now so, he'll have it from a guy not, who's exactly won a lot of games. So it's another guy set of eyes out there yeah. that when he comes off the field, he can go talk to Joe Flacco and he can tell him some things. But yeah, as far as yeah. winning and getting ready to play, I think they just gonna let DTR spin. Aditi Kinkabwala is with us, of course. She joins us every week. Hey, hey. She is. Hi, Aditi. How are you guys doing? Were you, um, on, the, were you on the sideline last week? Uh, no, no, not last week. I was okay. not. Okay. Browns pulled it off without me. How about that? <laughs> Aditi, from years of covering the AFC North, obviously you know Joe Flacco. Uh, oh. No. No, she thought we were no, going to get right no, to the I do. team. I, I love Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, <laughs> you know, Browns fans won't love this, but week two last year when he yeah. engineered that crazy comeback with the last two minutes, yeah. at, in the post-game press conference or the post-game interview, I talked to him, and then as he was walking away, I said to him, Joe, that made me feel young again. And he said, me too, because yeah, right. we came up in the AFC North together. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, like, like – but but at this point, I think the Browns should keep riding with DTR unless it gets to a point where he's so bad they can't. Do you think they will do that? Do you think they should do that? And do you think Flacco will I'm, be a good locker room influence? 100%. Look, Joe, and I'll tell you a story. So week two last year, Joe Flacco, if you remember, the there was conversation with the Jets a year ago because Zach Wilson wasn't playing. Should it be Mike White or Joe Flacco? And Robert Sala made very clear to us why Joe Flacco was the guy in our production meeting. And so much of it had to do with him just being a grown up in the room, him having all this experience that he's had, the steadiness that he could bring and the mistakes that he wouldn't make. And in that Browns game, With two minutes left, of course, the Browns are up two touchdowns. It was Joe Flacco walking up and down that sideline and telling his teammates, guys, we still have time. Guys, we can still do this. Just speaking with sort of that experience. He's been in that moment before. And guess what he did? You all know what he did. Sorry, I don't mean to, like, drive that stake in you. But... This is someone that has a lot of experience. This is someone that's basically seen every single defense. This is someone that's been a pro for a long, long time and knows how to be a pro. And DTR is a wonderful, humble young man who just two months ago, three months ago, was telling us that he didn't even know where the Browns locker room was until that first preseason game. So having a strong veteran voice in the room, in addition to Deshaun Watson, who obviously has been available to DTR as he can be, he's got that surgery and rehab coming up, I think is very, very valuable. And I agree with you. Why make a change right now? I mean, Joe Flacco has been an being a dad (laughs) he's obviously in shape but he's been being a dad he isn't steeped in this offense right now he hasn't been facing a live rush i think you go with dtr dtr for as much as you possibly can and hopefully that's the rest of the season (laughs) hopefully he continues to get better and stacks wins but 
I think it's a great signing. And did y'all see what happened last night when Travis Kelsey crashed the Monday night football set? I did not. Did you I see don't. this? I didn't see it. Oh, this is great. Okay, right? So RG3, last week when we got the news, RG3, as you know, earlier in the season was telling the Browns, hey, come get me. And yeah. I, just trying to have some fun last week, um, was sharing the information that, you know, the trade market is closed. The Browns couldn't get anyone via trade, so they'd have to get someone via free agency. And very jokingly said, you know, RG3, how are you feeling? He responded in a very funny way with a, you know, gif of him working out. And last night, Travis Kelsey crashes the Monday Night Football pregame set and he's hugging everybody and he goes to RG3 and he says, hey, are you going to Cleveland? And RG3 responds, they just signed a Super Bowl MVP. It was great. It was like, you love live TV. Even Travis Kelsey is wondering what the Browns are doing. So, Didi, we got to get to this. We, We got to. I thought, you see, you knew what we was going to come with right when we started. Bull, he, he I, dropped I, the ball on it. Yeah, I dropped the ball. Matt Canada, listen. Aditi ran him out of town. Come on now. <laughs> Let's get right to it. They haven't fired a person <laughs> since, the, since World War One. Yeah. Like, so, how did this transpire? And what is it in Pittsburgh right now? We need to hear this. You know, gee, this is so sad, right? You never want anybody to lose a job. You never want to, I mean, what's that awful cliche, dance on a grave, right? But by the same token, you also, and this is what I sort of took so much heat for last night, I feel, Bull and I disagree on this. Bull thinks that there's enough of a body of work to say that Kenny Pickett is nothing and is never going to be anything. And I keep maintaining, keep contending, that we cannot fairly judge Kenny Pickett until he's actually been in a real NFL offense and been in meeting rooms that operate like real NFL meeting rooms operate. And so... We are often very, very quick to judge. We were very quick to judge Tua. We were very quick to label CJ Stroud something. We were very quick to say Brock Purdy is not an NFL player. We do this, we cast judgment, but then you put someone in a great position to succeed and what do they do? They succeed, right? And they lay lie to these narratives about them. So I don't know what Kenny Pickett will actually be. But I think right now saying Kenny Pickett is a bust is a narrative because I don't think he's been put in position to succeed. And so my argument is let's see what he can do with real offense, with real coaching, with a real effort to develop him, with there not being fear in the way that he plays. You know, football is an imperfect game played by imperfect people. And I don't think that you can constantly be coach to fear throwing past the sticks to fear throwing to the middle of the field. At some point you have to be able to just play the game. And again, I don't know that this is an ideal situation, right? Because the Steelers are going with essentially two offensive coordinators. They're going to have one guy as of now, one guy kind of set up the offense and meet with the media and another guy be the play caller. We saw what happened in Miami when Tua (laughs) in his rookie year had two offensive coordinators. So you know, who knows? But I do think that certainly we should see something more out of the Steelers offense. And I think the feeling 
in the city, in the building, not I think, I know the feeling amongst the fan base and in that building right now is, okay, here's a chance at a fresh start. And maybe this can be done in the way that an NFL offense should be operating. I mean, we'll see, but we'll see, right? Because again, I don't know that Kenny is a future Super Bowl champion. I just don't know that he's a bust either. I'm unwilling to write him off right now. Let me make a quick clarification before Tyvis asks the next question. I actually agree with you that it is too soon to write him off. My point about Kenny Pickett is I never thought he was going to be good. So I'm not surprised he's not, and I don't think he will be. But I agree with your your premise that he needs – if you believed in him at some point, then you it's not enough time. I do agree with that. Because if I liked Kenny Pickett coming in and thought he was going to be good, I would agree with you he need more time. So – just because I don't think he's going to be good doesn't mean I'll change my opinion about how long a guy needs to prove one way or the other. So I agree with sure. you. It's, it's not proven just, yes, yet. And, right. And Tyvis, really quickly, I know that we'll get to you, but I also think that the right situation and the right fit matters so, 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 so much. Sure. You know, it's a conversation that I had a million times with David Carr. Does David Carr have a different career if he doesn't start in Houston behind that offensive line where he gets completely destroyed? I, I think that there are certain players like a Patrick Mahomes, and maybe CJ Stroud is one of these players too. I think he's proving us that too, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be great wherever he is, but you could argue that he has been greater because of working with Andy Reid. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, his own father, said that he was helped by spending that first year kind of as Alex Smith's understudy. I think everything in the environment around us affects who we are and who we can be. Trevor Lawrence under Urban Meyer was different than Trevor Lawrence under Doug Peterson. That's just the nature of the world we live in. We've all had good bosses, good editors, good producers, whatever it is that believed in us and ones that maybe didn't set us up to succeed. So the point here is let's recognize good coaching for what good coaching is. Well, Aditi, Kenny Pickett need to get it together because I got George Pickens on my team and I need him to to really go off. I'm going up against McNuggets this week and it's a really big week, but that's neither here nor there. The Browns right now are in a four-way tie for second place in the AFC. Can you believe that? First of all, and when the dust settles, where do you think they finish in the seeding of the seven seeds or do you think they don't make it? Which would be asinine to think that they wouldn't make it. And, you know, I just I love the way this defense is playing. I love the way that they run the ball. And I'm having a hard time thinking that they will completely and utterly collapse, um, especially well, if you stay on, if if you you stay on the sideline, that won't happen. <laughs> um, I, I would I would like to see players make tough catches for their young quarterback. Adam can speak to my blowing up his phone on Sunday as I sat on my couch about oh, yes. that particular topic. Um, as he's probably... I would like to see some help around yeah. that young quarterback. Um, I don't know where exactly they fall, but boy, the Kansas City Chiefs have looked a little vulnerable, haven't they? And they, they need have. to get some well, things they, in order. And I think yeah, this AFC in general, Tyvis, it, it's sort of up for grabs, which kind of going back to the Steelers, the Steelers have never made a move like this. The Steelers are loath <laughs> to make a move like this. People have been screaming for Mike Tom for excuse me for Matt Canada's head. 
all season long. There was a buy when it seemed like this could be a nice time to make this move and it didn't happen. You have to wonder how much of the AFC actually being open this year plays into that, that we're not going to give up. The Steelers' point being we're not going to give up on the year. We're not just going to seed the year that maybe there is some development to be done and maybe there is some growth to be had. And you also hope that the other piece of it is we're not going to kill Kenny Pickett's career. It's fascinating. I didn't answer your question, but did you notice I filibustered? Yeah. Like, yep. I, yep. I, I, <laughs> yep. We'll all defeat to the fire here. What, what do you, you say? Do you, do you think they will pull out the division? The Ravens have a much tougher schedule than the Browns. And, and if, if both teams win out, the Browns win the division. Really? Hmm. On the fourth tiebreaker, um, yes. Yeah. I don't. I, I really like how Lamar's playing. I, I really. I think that the Ravens have a very underrated defense. They're not necessarily getting the attention and the splash and all of that that the Browns are, uh, which is understandable, obviously. But they're still playing really good defense. I think Lamar is uh, playing as well as I've seen him play. And even though I am saying to you. The Browns still have a path to the playoffs and to winning games in the postseason, a game or two in the postseason. I think that when you get really deep in the season and in the postseason, you do need a quarterback who can win games for you. And I'm more ready or willing right now to say that Lamar is that guy than a rookie DTR who has two starts under his belt is. I, I don't... I, yeah, I, um, if you're pressed to ask me right now, I think the Ravens win the division and the Browns make the playoffs. I mean, and obviously it's just about getting in. It's just about getting in the dance. So that should be the most important piece here. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to doubt the Ravens right now. Sorry. Didi, um, two two prong question here. Even though they say in the industry you never ask two questions, you only gonna get one I half answer. I three earlier. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you think the Bengals are finished? And two, uh, are you starting to worry about Joe Burrow and his long term health? Mm. No, because I think that these are all different things. I I hate I hate the injury prone tag. Right. Like, I just think that sometimes it's fair. Like, think about a guy like JOK, who said, you know what, I need to put on just a little bit more weight, not enough to get rid of my speed, but to perhaps create more availability. I love how quickly you do that. But JOK has, I don't know, maybe like six or seven more pounds on him. It's not discernible. It's not that much, but it's enough that he just feels a little bit more sturdy. And okay, now we're not talking about him being so injury prone. I think that you have a series of different injuries and sometimes that's just really bad luck. And I don't know what Joe Burrow can do differently. It's not like he plays recklessly. It's not like he's hyper lean. Um, Christian McCaffrey is another guy that changed his training to try to stay healthier. It's something that we talked about with him last year and how he was going to Marshall Falk and saying, okay, what can I do better to stay stronger? Um, I don't, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow at the moment. I think this is very bad luck. Are the Bengals done? I think that they probably have the toughest road up ahead of them. 
And that's just because they don't have the defense that the Steelers or the Browns do. That, and by that, I mean a game-changing defense that can pull out a game for you. But, I mean, it's hard to count them out. There's a lot of veteran players on that team that have won and know how to win. But Joe Burrow is the straw that stirs that drink, so that one's really hard. Aditi, let me answer as well. I have zero concern about Joe Burrow going forward. <laughs> Uh, the Bengals are done. They're not. There's no chance they're going to the playoffs. And this is coming from a Bengals fan. Uh, and I don't agree. I I think their defense is actually not close to the Browns, but I think it's close <laughs> to the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers' defense is that much better than the Bengals. I grant you it's better, but I don't think it's only because the Bengals are inexperienced in the secondary. But oh, it's been improving. Really? They ha- you got to make choices sometimes and let people walk. It's all right. Their guys are getting better. Uh, who said that earlier this uh, season? Trey Hendrickson is the most. Yeah, no, but you know what? To Tyvis's point, yeah. I thought that Jesse Bates and Von Bell leaving was going to be utterly devastating. You know, I thought that it would really change that defense tremendously, especially because of the leaders they were too. You know, but. I mean, things take time. Young players yeah. develop, and Duke Tobin clearly had to make an estimation, as you said, and it worked, a calculation, and it worked for them. I just, you, you might be right about defense on the whole for yeah. 60 minutes. I just think the Steelers have that splash ability. You know, you need some big game-changing play from T.J. Watt, and he could yeah. do it. You need a touchdown. You need T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith to somehow connect in some way on a touchdown, yeah. and they can do it. You need Minka to pick off some crazy pass, and it can happen. Oh, that's uh, totally random. But, guys, did you see what Jalen <laughs> Carter did yesterday? Yeah, almost, almost picked that spike. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, um, and this is what, exactly what I'm talking about. Like a player that can take a chance and do something crazy. Yeah. You know, so like a Minka, a TJ, a, you can see that sort of happening. I don't know that the Bengals have that sort of a guy I, that can change a game in a moment with one play like that. I, I, I disagree. I, I say, don't. I think that I might be I would say cool. Trey Hendrickson and Logan Wilson are those kind of players. No, nah, because. I'm not saying he's as good as TJ Watt, Trey Hendrickson, but I don't think he's that far off. I think he's the most underrated defensive end in the league. He's not. But enough on the Bengals. I mean, (laughs) enough on the Bengals. Let's get. Well, time is to your point. You're talking about Adam being about Bull being a fan. I mean, isn't that what fans are? They are the extremes. Either everything is amazing and I'm sticking my head in the sand or everything is awful and there is no reason or logic to be seen behind anything that I think. I mean, it is the extremes. Well, no, because I'm a Browns fan, but I'm also a realist. Well, you you say I'm not a realistic. What am I not realistic about? You just said I mean, that I Trey Hendrickson and Logan Wilson is, is are playmakers. I didn't say it's is, a difference. I didn't say they're as good. Yeah, as but a playmaker on the level of a TJ. That's what I'm saying, Adidas. It just it's, it's blasphemy. I, I think Trey Hendrickson is one notch below TJ Watt and one level below, and he's. I think that's a high enough level to still be a big playmaker. I agree with. And you. how many people are in the first level? Are you talking about like three guys at level one or like a dozen guys at level no, one? No, 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 no. Level one is like three, four guys. And then level two is probably <laughs> about eight guys, including Trey Hendrickson. I mean, out, okay. outside of Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, and maybe, uh, what's his name, Crosby. Nick, Nick Bosa. Are you talking about ends? Michael Parsons? Name? I mean, I think Trey Hendrickson is good as those other guys. It's good as the Bosses. Next crazy. Qu- anyways, uh, uh, Aditi, because <laughs> he, he crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, you are. At least Hendrickson <laughs> stays on the field. Bosses can't stay on the field. You going to do that? 
No, I think. Anyways, listen. Is the defense a player of the year? Is that package? They, should they just package it up right now and give it to Miles Garrett because it's like should be over with? Oh, I think T.J. Watt would have an argument with that, don't you think? Do not, you think not, not right now? Do you think when it's all said and done, people will compare them like uh, LeBron and Jordan, Miles Garrett, I think and T.J. For, Watt? Yes, I do. I, I really do. I think that the, that's how they talk. The I think the bad blood between the two teams. I think how close they are, two hours apart. I think it's sort of inevitable, and it's a little bit ridiculous because they really don't play the same position. I mean, they're both <laughs> pass rushers. But one's an outside linebacker, and one's a defensive end. But even still, um, I think that that's the nature of it. At least it's what's been blowing up my mentions for a good, I don't know, four or five years. So it's there you go. TJ Watt had a game like that. I guess he did. Uh, I didn't even six, seven, seven, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think Miles Garrett is clearly the leader, but you can't say it's over. There's like two months of the season left. So. Right. Yeah, there's still a lot of football to be played. So let's yeah. see. And often, you know, it's the splash. It's not always the numbers. You know, I remember the year before TJ Watt won DPOY, he was second to Aaron Donald. And I remember sitting with my husband and he was like, oh, TJ's <laughs> going to get it. TJ's numbers are so much better. And I said, no, 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 Aaron Donald's going to get it. And he did. It's not always about the numbers, but TJ has historically had more of the splashy, the interceptions, the forced fumbles, the fumble recoveries, the things like that. Um, but I think we've seen more of that out of Miles Garrett. And if you were putting together a highlight tape, you'd have to put him leapfrogging over a man and then leaping again to block That's a field right. goal. Right? right. That, and, and, what's your favorite and, play this year? And again, as I've Is said many it? times on this show, Aditi, when it comes to Miles Garrett versus TJ Watt, their numbers career-wise are very similar. They're basically identical. But here's the big difference. Before this year, Miles Garrett played with nobody. And TJ Watts always had better have somebody until this year. That's a huge difference. But again, this is my point. This is about fit. You know, I remember when TJ was drafted yeah. and people were like, oh, is this a reach? And is he just JJ's brother? And it was like, you know what? This is the perfect guy for this defense and this organization. And this guy is perfect for this organization and this defense going both ways. He was a perfect fit for the Steelers and the Steelers were a perfect fit for him. And look at what's happened. So maybe someplace else he would have been a first round reach. Maybe someplace else he wouldn't have been the right fit. He's been perfect for the Steelers. And part of why the Steelers have been perfect for him is because of what you said, because there's always outside linebacker. There's always a focus on the outside linebacker position, the way that they are signed and the way that they are drafted and the way that they play are deployed. I I just think if they were drafted by the opposite team, their numbers wouldn't be close. Miles Garrett would be much better, in my opinion. We'll never know that. But if Miles had been drafted by the Steelers and Watt had been drafted by the Browns, I think Miles Garrett would have much better numbers than TJ Watt. You think that's well, fair but that or? I think that yeah, I don't think that that's unfair. I okay. don't. I mean, you look at all the success that Cam Hayward has had. But again, this goes back to the whole beginning of our conversation. <laughs> yeah. These are all hypotheticals, Hypothetical. right? Is Cam Hayward a multiple-time All-Pro Go if Bucks. he's playing in a different city? Right? Is you know, I, I, again, like we could keep kind of going through this. In, yeah. Is Bryce Young a different quarterback if he's got better players around him, better receivers and a better line and, you know, all of that? All of these are kind of speculative and hypotheticals. And you as a player just hope that you end up in the right place and that you have 
a staff and an environment that is interested in and can indeed foster your development and your growth. Aditi, great stuff as always. Good to get you in today. Thanks for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck Happy with the 13-hour drive to New Jersey from uh, oh, Pittsburgh tomorrow. Start, yeah. The worst day to Bye. drive. Is, See ya. Is, is, what do you mean? Why, why would it be 13 hours? Driving to the New York, New Jersey area the day before Thanksgiving. is the <laughs> When my wife and I moved out here in 2011, we Damn moved no. here in August of 2011. Oh, that first Thanksgiving, we drove to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where my wife's parents live is, is pretty close to Manhattan. And it was the worst drive ever. And I said to my wife, I am never doing this again. You said, was it on? We have not gone to New Jersey since. On a Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving? Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I mean, it's a bad driving day, period. But in the New York area, it's bedlam. Mm. Bedlam. Anthony, we're going to talk to Mary Kay Cabot shortly. First, let's talk to you. What do you got for us? Yeah, guys, I want to remind everybody that you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about fan- joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on all the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under, and more. So you guys can go visit FanDuel.com UCSS and kick off the NFL season. Season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL, and we do have a FanDuel ticket today coming to us from a friend called C Dubs Seven One One on Twitter. They put together a nineteen leg parlay. They Sheesh. turned three dollars and seventy seven cents into two eighty seven ninety four. So shout out to C Dubs. Congratulations on your bet. Thank you, FanDuel. The latest um, as of this morning, the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the updated line on FanDuel. Put a cash. Put a bro. Cavs, the Browns. I'm about to put me a Cavs parlay together. What's going to happen tonight? The, Brown, the Browns opened as a one-and-a-half-point dog against the Broncos. I thought the money would come in on the Browns. It has not. The Browns are now a two-and-a-half-point dog at Denver. Now, to be fair, Denver's playing well also. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I love the Browns in this game. I'll be surprised if the Browns lose. But – I shouldn't be because they have an unproven quarterback who could screw it up, but it's, it's all, I, I feel pretty confident. They, it's the altitude. They've been they've not traditionally played well in Denver. I think that's meaningless. I, mean, I when's do the too. last time they how often have they played there? They've it's, never played with most of these guys. It's it, it's it's overrated, yes. but it's just one of those human things that's sticking to the bottom true. of your stomach. Like, that's true. You'd be like, Well, one like even though it's like playing a lottery. Like you can play the lottery every single day with the same number. And you still have the same chances of taking an L based on right. just the numbers. Mm-hmm. But so, like, if you look at the the uh, you know the Browns going out to Denver, it's different people, it's different coaches, it's different players. Yeah, it just sticks with you. Like you, it's like that head cannon that you do. Like you know what? Sure. Maybe, maybe it's something to it. But no, it isn't. It isn't really anything to it. It's yeah. gonna be. It, it's all. It, it comes down to this: how many points are they gonna be able to score? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know this is obvious, <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I'm going to be saying this about the Browns. I, this is a, people say this all the time, <coughs> but for the Browns more than any other team, it's the most meaningful thing. If they don't turn the ball over, they got a great chance to win because it any team right now or most teams in the NFL, not at, maybe not every team, but most teams in the NFL, if not all, are going to have a hard time scoring touchdowns against the Browns if they have to go 70 to 80 yards. Mm-hmm. If you give them a short field, yeah, you're going to give up some points. What are you going to do? 
But if you don't turn the ball over, and last week DTR had one turnover, I don't blame him. It was a tipped ball off the receiver. He didn't throw any dangerous passes, I thought. And if they stay at now again, the Broncos have been forcing a lot of turnovers, yeah. which is why they've played better. And mm-hmm. they, ha- I think they have the longest winning streak in the league right now at four, believe it or not. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and Russell's playing decently. But uh, I don't know. I feel good about the Browns and, and, and uh, DTR. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. I mean, no, you're not crazy. Like I said, you got to give Denver their respect because yeah. the slick haired dude is playing really well as of late. <laughs> you got to so uh, defensively, they've turned it on for sure. I mean, obviously, guys have gotten healthy. Um, I just see my boy KJ get suspended for four he's games. That's a big deal. Yeah, K, I'm like, hey, well, he's playing thirty. Jack, what are you doing? I mean, Why this would dude you put is, your head down. He's like diving that? in people's faces. And with then, his and then Justin Simmons is like, that's my boy, and he's on Twitter trying to justify it. And I'm just like, he's head butting people. Anyways, yeah. yeah, they've been they've been playing a lot better. That altitude thing, like I said, I played in Denver for half a year. I didn't see a difference when I got there, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't, like, my stamina was still pretty good. Um, but it I, was. Huh? It was. Pause. <laughs> Super. What's wrong with y'all, man? <laughs> I'm trying to explain something here. Y'all going to go there. Anyways, yeah. I, I do like the Browns. The way the Browns are playing right now, it's a new meaning. Um, DTR got to get more chemistry with his receivers because – no, some of them passes he threw was behind. He yeah. was like a little late on them. So he's got to get more chemistry and understand the timing of that. Obviously, they're going to do a great job of disrupting that. But I just, I like to, if they run the ball effectively, which I think the Browns can do against the Broncos, which was something that didn't happen against Pittsburgh, even though they had a bunch of injuries to the linebackers and safety position. They run the ball effectively. I think DTR could have a really good game. I don't see nobody. Well, I guess PS2 is there for, for Amari Cooper. But Elijah Moore's got to step up and make plays. That That's, to me, is the key. And David Njoku can't drop the ball. That, that, those two things happen. Elijah Moore yeah. and David Njoku step up. We're good. They ran like four plays, Titus. Like, you watched all 22? They ran stick routes, <laughs> speed outs. Yeah, they ain't let him put. Which is, cleared it out backside you know and ran slants. Crazy? That was it. He got one of the strongest arms. And they didn't let him push the. The only time you see him, game, you didn't need to score a lot to beat the. Steelers. The only they time he pushed the ball down the field was the first pass he threw to Elijah Moore in that that last minute drive. Right, yep. he had some zip on that ball. Well, oh, that's man. part of the reason that's the part of the dropping joint. the ball. I think. Uh, you think he's throwing it too hard? No, but the joker's got to get adjust to it, right? He's throwing hey, harder. You listen, you in the NFL. To to be a I'm pass not catch, excuses. You, I'm just, I can't well, believe you. You can't catch that. <laughs> I like that he took responsibility. He said he didn't play well enough after the game. I, I I'm that. not bashing him for yeah. it. I'm just saying, like, no, he's got to do a better job. You've been he's practicing with this man. That all was a week. problem for him early in his career was the drops, and he's been wait. You know, until this last week, he'd been not. It not had not been a problem. I mean, secure, I mean, you got to secure the catch. You got to yeah. throw up the rock, catch it, yeah. tuck it, then make a move. Let, let me run something by you. Like, let me um, let me see what you think about this theory. My theory was, you know, they wanted to get it to the last second. They wanted to get it to the fourth quarter where they didn't give Pittsburgh enough time to come back like they usually do mm-hmm. and, and steal the thunder. Now, my thing was, I think he limited the vertical routes because the, ver- the first seer- first three quarters, he wasn't pushing the ball nowhere. Like, it was just the same little routes and sit-down stuff. Which now, is cool because which is they, all the receivers, especially Coop, is, that's where he's most effective anyway. So when you look at the fourth quarter, that throw to to Elijah um, Elijah Moore, it, it almost seems like the de- when defenses get into like 
prevent, I want to say prevent, but when, when you're on the last drive, defensive coordinators are put it in conundrum. They understand that, yes, they have only been throwing short all game, mm-hmm. but if, if you unleash those longer routes, coordinators are like, I don't know if I want to play man-to-man coverage because if it's single coverage, he could just throw a 50-50 ball up mm-hmm. there, and that's a 60-yard penalty. Mm-hmm. So they, they tend to back off a little bit, yeah. and they tend to chill out a little more because they don't want the deep passes, which then gives you another, enough opportunity to throw the routes that were there earlier. So it was almost like, yeah, we know we weren't giving you no routes, but this last drive, you're going to get these routes, mm-hmm. and you're going to give us some cushion. And he almost banked on the fact that he'd be able to move the ball kind of counterintuitively when you, it, it shouldn't be that easy to do. Like, especially against defensive corner. Well, yeah, but like you say, in the last two minutes, everybody, the only thing that's on the DB's mind is don't let nothing go over my head. Give up something in front of me, rally and tackle. So when you, when Elijah Moore does a, a 12-yard curl or whatever you want to call it, yeah, I'm going to get that up. And DTR did a great job of threading the needle in there. That's going to be open in two-minute drive. But you got to keep a defense honest throughout the course of a game by at least, you know, pushing the ball down the field because as as the oh, after the first quarter if I see all right they not doing nothing second quarter they still not doing nothing I'm flat footed I'm but about to, I'm sitting at the sticks and I ain't moving but they you you got to you got to have big cojones but Tyvis, to do that I, this is what I liked about this is that Stefanski said I don't need to do that against the Steelers they can't score against us I agree we don't need to score a lot of points you're right as the games go on you play Houston mm-hmm. you play Jacksonville teams that have the ability to score more you are going to have to because you're not going to be able to win scoring 10 13 points against every team but the Browns defense is good enough mm-hmm. that Stefanski I think knows he could do a slow build with DTR all right now DTR has got to be way more confident going yeah. into this Denver game than he was going into the Steeler game. Which Denver's, is, you know, not as good as defensively. And he, pl- you know, it wasn't like his only start had been terrible against Baltimore. Well, now he was okay in this start. So now he's a little more confident, you know. He showed some good decision-making. Mm-hmm. I think every week he'll let him do a little more because eventually, yes, there are going to be games where the Browns need to score 20 or 24 or maybe even 27 to win, and he's got to be able to do it. But I don't. But he didn't need to do it this past week. I was, I'm not criticizing the game plan. I'm not, let's be fair. I'm not criticizing mm. I'm saying at some point, though. Absolutely. You right. got you to gotta do Because yes. it's, it's a confidence thing. And I, and right. I still want – I wanted to see him catch – I wish David Njoku would have caught that touchdown because it would his confidence would have yeah. been through the roof after that. Well, hopefully that'll happen this week. They better. Continue to build. Continue to build. We're going to go back to Town Hall in just a little bit. Obviously, our own Jay Crawford and our own Mikey McNuggets are down at Town Hall for the big um, event, Feeding the Homeless with the Cleveland Food Bank, which is a great event that happens every year. Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com is going to join Jay in just a little bit and join us. Hopefully, we'll have some Browns players later. Apparently, Denzel Ward stopped by said he had to, uh, you know, he's going to go serve some food and then hopefully come back. You know, think it's a little crazy there, so we don't know if we're going to get the players. We'll see what happens. We have Mary Kay yet or, or not yet? No, Andy. it's a little chaotic down there, guys, so I'm gotcha. going to ask you, do you want to do the PFF grades right now? Why don't we do that? Yeah, let's okay, get to let's the, do PFF the PFF grades. grades. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Steve, can I? It's chaotic, all right. Every week we play a new game uh, with the PFF grades, and this week's game is going to be uh, Anthony's going to give us a grade of a Browns player, and we have to say whether that grade is their, was their grade against the Steelers this past week or back in week two when, the, when obviously the Steelers won the game. Let's yeah, do guys, it. so our yeah. first player up, are you all ready? Yes. yes. All right, we're going to go with Miles Garrett. He's got a 90.2. Was that week two or week 11? 
Dang, that's a good one. I mean, he probably has around that for I'm both say, weeks. We, yeah. I'm going to say week 11. I'm going to say week two. I'm saying week two also. I'm with G. All right, so we got two week twos and a week 11. Tyvis, you are correct. That was our week 11. <laughs> what was he week two? He was week two. He had a 91.7 overall defensive grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I want to I clarify, Mike made these up. So okay. if I'm right. That feels two, like a Mikey McNuggets. Real quick, question. that's why. All right, I don't number have two. All the numbers. Yeah. All right, next up is Dalvin Tomlinson. With a forty-three point nine. Which week was that? Week eleven or week two? Or week two? That's his forty-three point six. Forty-three point six. Week uh, eleven. Yeah, that got to be eleven. Did he have a bad game? I they ran. couldn't run up the middle at all. The only yeah. running they did was Warren on the outside. I don't remember the first game how well they ran. I don't either. But <laughs> I, I'll say that was week two. They said week eleven. I said week two. All right. So you're week two. Those yeah. two are week eleven. It is in fact. Week 11. Oh, <laughs> wow. Week That's two, he had a 69.4 overall. <laughs> <Lunch>. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't recall. I uh, mean, the only uh, run, the only big row was the Jalen Warren. And that, and that was on the outside. Yeah, that wasn't what would that him? have to do with him? I don't know. Might've I guess getting, he was just getting his might've Might have been getting reached. Must have been. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I don't remember <laughs> him making any big plays in the game. No. Yeah, he didn't. All right, go ahead, Anthony, number three. All right, so number three is Ogbo. Akaronkoro, I think is how you say that. Is that 80.8? Is that week two or week 11? Dang, I don't remember him in week two. I I'm, think he played really well this week. I really think. He definitely played really well. Who do we play week two? Pittsburgh. <laughs> Did you just ask who we played really? week two? Yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. I'm going to say week two. That was wild, there. It should be week two because so far the first two have been week 11. I'm going to go week 11. I'm going week 11. I think the sign in the background is a clue. Yeah, it is, right? Oh, wow. Mike picked a great photo for that. Wow. Uh, it is, in fact, week 11. Yeah. Week two. Or, I'm sorry, that's week two. <laughs> Come on, Anthony. I'm on my head. Road. Everybody was tripping on that one. Yeah. I'm on road, baby. That's yeah. Yeah. asking who we played week two really threw Messed. me through a loop. I'm I, so I thought it had to be week two because the first two were 11. What did he? What did no, he? It is, uh, what is it's week two. Why do you keep doing? He had an eighty point eight, and then on week eleven he had a seventy point eight. Oh, what you gonna do? Where Big Doug is charted, where it's all the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna do that eventually. <laughs> Go ahead, Anthony. All right, next up we got JOK at forty eight point five. Is that week eleven or week two? I don't remember him really in this game, to be quite all. honest with you. I'm gonna give him this game because I know he missed a couple tackles. Yeah, I'm gonna go eleven. This, this one, eleven yeah. across the board. Yeah, yep. I'll go eleven too. All right, let's see, eleven across the board. Were you all right or were you all wrong? You were all right. I'll it is week that. eleven. I don't have his week two number pulled up right now. Man, the Browns got two terrible grades on defense this hey, week. They still dominated. Our coach used to say, "You doing that Ole tackle? Yeah. So running back, cutback, you doing Was this?" Was he? I really don't recall him in the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know he played. He didn't have a standout game. He didn't no. do a thing. No. Did he miss on the Warren tackle too? No. Who missed he, right at the he, line? He missed on the Warren in the hole. I know. Yeah. I, I saw him do that. Somebody. Got Greg it. Newsom missed on that tackle the long. Oh, one. that was Greg Newsom. And then yeah, right, McLeod right. took one of the worst angles yeah, I've that ever was seen. Bad. And, somebody, and somebody got uh, reached on that. Uh, one of the, I think it, I don't know if it was Taki Taki or it was Zedaria so, Smith. Somebody, one of them linebackers, didn't get over the top. And stayed on the inside, and he just found that seam and phew, was out of there. Anthony, next up. All right, so next up we have Amari Cooper, eighty-one point nine. Was that week two or was that week eleven? I'm gonna say week eleven because I'm gonna say week eleven 
Because I don't remember him, get, him getting no touches in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I feel like that was just one bad game, maybe. And he caught I remember correctly. all the rocks this game. Well, he, he, he did have a ball hey, off his hand. A, That's make true. a great point. I'm trying to think about week two. Are you going to cave into peer pressure here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody got to be on the opposite end. I'll go week two. Man. All right, Ty. You went on the opposite end? You were correct. That is week two. Oh, yeah. 81.92. Tyvis is doing well I don't, in this game. I don't think I missed what is, week. Yeah. What is the huddle? I don't know. Earl, are you keeping score? I missed Earl's not keeping score. So keep no, score. we don't keep score. I this way yet, man. This uh, what, is where, sad. Where, what, is, what did he do this week? He had a 59.2 this week. Really? Overall. I don't know. These grades are uh, pretty bogus. Go ahead. Next. All right, you can take it up with Mike when he's back from town hall. All right, next know, up man. is Jerome Ford. 78.1. Is that week two? Or is that week 11? Uh, if that's it, week two. If that's week 11, <laughs> then PFF is, is now dead to me. Yeah, like he, he's he's dead. he can't do anything. It's been dead to me. So is that a week two across the board? It's going to be week 11. So this is a it's, Mike fake right here. I'm going two. week two. Week two. All right. Guess what? Yeah. It's week two. Yeah. All right. Week I'm 11, not. he had a 54.3 overall. Did he right. have like a long run in, the, in week two? Yeah. 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 Guys, when you, watch it, when you watch the film on him, there be holes like his. He don't his peripheral vision. It's just. It's just not. In my I, opinion, he's had one good game against Baltimore. That's how I see it. He runs into. He runs he into. Did too, well in the, when Nick Chubb went down against Pittsburgh. He too. runs into too many stacks. In the Colts game, he had the one long run. Yeah. Right. But like, I think like the Ravens that. game, he was consistently good the whole yeah. game. All right, next up. Anthony. All right, so this is actually our last one Ooh. for the day that at least Mike made up. We can do more if you guys want. No. But I've got no. – <laughs> nah, yeah. like, no. Uh, Wyatt Teller, 80.9. Which week was that? 11. That's 11 because I bet he got a 90 I wanted to say he, this week. He's he been balling. Yeah. 11. So, wait, you know. are you going no, with week two? two, two. You're week going two. with week two. I'm going week two. You, you, s- you going 11? <laughs> I'm going 11. All right. All right, so we got two 11s. Tyvis, is that your final answer? No, I'm going week two. I'm not you're going go- Yeah, you're going oh, two, okay. but it's two 11s. Is this Tyvis, or are you going with a week 11? I'm, you know, it don't matter. I go 11. I think you got a 90-something this week. All right, two of you are right, and it's you two with week 11. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Two, you were right. I was 100%. That's crazy. Were you? two, he had a 74, 74.3. <laughs> Hey, you're you very good at that game. PFF though. is dead to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you're good at the at the PFF game. Yeah, you nailed a, that one, Tyvis. Mm. The one that the belt's not on the line. I do. All right, go ahead, Anthony. What do you got for us now? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, Before we move on to our next topic, guys, I want to remind all of you guys that we have our TV segment every Friday at 11.30, or 12.30, excuse me, on WKYC. We take all of our exclusive Browns content, brand new, fresh stuff, for 30 minutes over on TV. 
You can go watch us on WKYC if you have the channel, or if you're out of market, you can watch it on WKYC Plus. And you can go check us out over there. We love the support. We love that all of you are willing to follow us off of YouTube. And we look forward to seeing you there Friday. Do any of y'all uh, eat McDonald's? Yeah. I mean, I have. I don't eat it regularly. <laughs> when, you, when was the last time you ordered some nuggets from there? Not Probably not like too long ago. probably like a couple weeks, three weeks ago. Was it the same? Like, do you I feel look like at, they're not as good? Do no. you look at that and be like, "This is McNugget"? I feel like it doesn't. Oh, like him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even think about that. Yeah. No, like you're eating McNuggets. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is McNuggets. Let me ask you guys about Matt Canada here, because for what's what I love about this. I mean, I wish they didn't fire him because I wish Matt right. Canada would stay there. But what I love about this firing of Matt Canada is that for how many years, G, did the Browns lose a game to the Steelers? It seemed like the, the Steelers, Browns were always playing the Steelers Week 17. It'd be in Cleveland. It'd be three-quarters Steeler fans. The Browns would have another 5-11 and 11 season or 4-12 and 12 season, and the Browns coaching staff would get fired. We've seen so many games over the years where the Browns sucked and they lose to the Steelers and the coaches get fired. And for once, I mean, the Steelers don't suck, but they're not as good as the Browns, but their offense sucks, and the Browns essentially were the final straw to get Matt Canada fired. It's a nice change of pace, isn't it? I love this because I've been, we've been force-fed that, that narrative. We've been force-fed that lineage, the Roonies, and just, just let, let's marvel at the stability that they, they provide. Let's, let's marvel at the consistency in which they've won football games in Pittsburgh. They have an identity. They have a way of doing Shut up. <laughs> Shut, your Shut your mouth. Listen, I am glad you're getting rid of folks now. And Mike Tomlin, I'm glad you, you walk around with these aviator glasses on and these gold chains. <laughs> Like you, you, like you, you, like you, black from New, forces, like you, black air for like you from New Jack City, and walking around like you, Nino Brown. You can get fired too. No, I'm tired of these dudes. I want all bad things to happen to them. Thank you for firing your coach midseason. I love when Najee Harris is sitting here confused. You need to be confused. Warren's the better back. What are you talking about? I'm confused. We need to figure it out. They need to figure out how to the to, 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 to give your carries. Through Cash App to Warren. That's exactly what they should be doing. I'm just excited, bull, because yeah. these dudes is, is trash. They they don't have a quarterback. They're spinning their wheels, and they're at the best. They're at the place. I love it. Well, we know. We know what the feeling is. Well, you got a quarterback, and you're trying to talk yourself into it. You got to. <laughs> That's right. You're trying to We've been there many times. <laughs> yes. Keep talking yourself into it. We All love right. where you're at. We'll talk more about this in a little bit. We've got Mary Kay down at uh, Town Hall, but first to Anthony. Yeah, before we bring in Mary Kay, guys, I want to remind you one more time that score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Wow. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's absolutely no better time to get in on all the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You guys can go visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.